Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Keith Overt here, Pensacola Business Radio. Uh, I have on the other side of this microphone from Titusville, Florida, is uh, Greg Devlin, who's here to talk about Neon Tiki Tribe. So, uh, good morning, Greg. How are you? Uh, hi, Keith. How you doing? Thanks so much for inviting me to the show. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. So um, I, I got to ask, what is Neon Tiki Tribe? Oh, wow. It's a uh, very exciting new children's superhero series for kids uh, that actually teaches them real life lessons that their parents and teachers want them to know. Okay. Such as? Such as uh, sportsmanship or uh, anti-bullying, um, perseverance, never give up in life, uh, hope. Um, we have 13 finished stories, and all of them were developed with uh, actually with teachers and educators uh, and parents and some professionals have um, helped us uh, develop this series. But, yeah, so Neon Tiki Tribe. Very neat. So what made you, uh, what made you guys do this? Well, I tell you, um, I'm a father of four daughters and, uh, oh, I have two, so I feel your pain, man. Four. I don't know what I do with four. <laughs> yeah, I got four. And, uh, after the show, I'll give you a great uh, motto you can use uh, with your girl. <laughs> okay. I probably need one. Yeah. Um, but as a father and, and also a grandfather, I have um, four grand uh, grandchildren, uh, one of which is autistic, a grandson is autistic. But what, what um, re- my business partner and I, what, we were just really sick of what we call dumb television for kids. Right. And, and we thought, man, you know, why can't someone create something that's better? Why can't they combine a superhero with the action and excitement, but still deliver a, a real life value for them? Uh, for a, and, and by the way, we, we targeted um, first to fourth grade kind of age group. Okay. okay. Um, that's, that's what we we're shooting for. And the, the thinking behind that was to empower them uh, with uh, real life uh, messages and lessons that they would learn before they get to that high peer pressure age group of middle school. Because by the time they get to middle school, uh, kids have pretty much seen and heard just about everything. Yeah, that's it. and it's so much younger than it was when we were going to school, right? I mean, sometimes Absolutely. I think it's even before uh, middle school. Absolutely, it's it really is an elementary school today. So that's why we were just trying to said let's let's target this group of kids uh, and give them these uh, very powerful uh, real messages that their parents and teachers want them to learn anyway. Uh, but we'll build it in a story with fictional superheroes on a fictional island called Tiki Island, and um, good versus evil. Uh, but in the end, they got something out of it instead of just mindless television or you know uh, uh, just some of the shows are out there today are just they're just you know they're just not uh, very good for for kids it's okay you can say it they're crap (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're crap uh um i mean some of them actually some of the cartoon animation really is aimed at uh the 20 somethings and the teenagers more so than the you know it's it's, you know it's uh edgy it's uh, you know it's um i I don't know all the innuendos and some of the sarcasm and stuff and absolutely Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that it's very, uh, it's very underlying, but in, and if you're not paying attention, uh, like for instance, SpongeBob SquarePants, which I oh, absolutely, yeah. I love because it's yes. more adult than it is kids. And it is. 
yes. when I first started watching it, they didn't get it when I was, my dad was laughing so hard, but that's just the way it was. No, that is so true because and my, actually my grand, my grandsons and granddaughter, they, they, they love that. Now we actually try to keep, them away from it because some of it is just what I call gross television. I mean, I, you know, um, I grew up with um, the Flintstones and the Jetsons and yeah. the, you know, those kind of shows that yeah, were fun cartoon animations, but they weren't, they didn't lead to any, they didn't plant these things in these kids' heads that right. uh, SpongeBob does. And and it's okay if you're 20 something or a teenager, you're, you're looking at some of that and you're going, yeah, it's just funny, goofy stuff. But, right. but when you're a little kid, I think it does. Um, I think, I think it puts them, in the wrong direction as a little kid trying to grow up. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know, and I had, let's see, what else do we have? We had uh GI Joe, which was cool. Cause it always right. had a lesson. We had uh, yep. uh Scooby-Doo growing up, which was cool. Cause it yeah. always had a lesson. Yes. And uh, I think, I think we also had He-Man too. And it was the same thing. He would, he would talk to you at the end of the show and he'd give you a lesson or, or, or one of the characters would give you a lesson. Yes. So you actually got to learn stuff. And I'll tell you what, I, I miss the Looney Tunes. I really wish they'd bring back Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner and, Right, right. I, you know, I know people think that's all violent and stuff, but man, those things Saturday morning was like, it was it. That was, that was what we lived for. It was right. I agree with you. So all we were, that's what we were trying to do when we first started out. We said, man, let's have a, let's actually have a purpose of, so what is this story going to be about? We actually build them backwards. We start with the, what's the main theme and then what's the main message. Okay. Now we already know, we already have the fictional characters, the neon Tiki tribe there, by the way, there's four of them. Zeke, uh, who's the leader, Tia, the female is the most intelligent in the group. Moa, the great is the strongest. And then Dara is the fastest and they battle and their evil adversaries, which are called the coup Tiki tribe. And by the way, this is all fictional stuff. Um, has zero reference to anything you've ever heard as far as tiki before in your life. So okay. if you're used to Polynesian tikis or tiki folklore, uh, we have there's no connection between what we're doing and, and that. <clears throat> um, but but anyway, so so that was our our goal create create the theme and the story first. What is the message we want the kids to get out of it? And then we build the series and we start at the back end and then we bring it all uh, from the front to the back um, so that it's uh, action packed. It's extremely colorful. There's never been superheroes as colorful as ours ever in history. Um, they're colorful. They're unique. You know, they're not another cat, dog, rabbit, bear, horse, turtle, right. or robot. You know, those are the things that have been done over and over and over again. This is a brand new, fresh group of uh, superheroes um, for these kids. Very neat. So did you guys, so I, I love the reverse engineering concept that that's great because at least it gives you some purpose to everything that you're doing as opposed to just kind of aimlessly wandering and then ending up at a really cool ending. So right. uh, way to go on that one. So do you guys see this being, okay, so they started as books, you're moving into a, a TV show. Do you see it being internet based or do you see it being on uh, public broadcasting or cable? How, how did you guys sort of envision that? Well, I have to tell you, at this stage of the game, we're not sure. We do visualize an animated television series. We we visualize it becoming a um, a pretty big brand in a sense because it uh, it it, ha it has the ability to cross over into different uh, regions of the world. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're they're not human, they're, so they're they're fictional character, and they're colorful. And then the messages that we that we're putting out will translate into really we think any language um sure. present we presently we have them in english and spanish um and some of the apps are actually even in dutch 
And so, so we visualize this message and these characters going into many, uh, many areas of the world. Uh, so, so specifically how they wind up on television, uh, we're not sure yet. We're too new into the game. Right. Uh, you know, the first, our first thought was before you can launch anything, you have to have the story. What is the story? Who are the characters and how are you going to put that out to the world? Yep. Yep. Well, you, and you said app too. So you guys, you guys have thought about this in, in a digital world more than anything else. And that's where it's at right now, which is uh, there's actually apps on iTunes for the, you know, iPads and iPhones. Um, and all they do is search neon TV mm-hmm. tribe. And then there's apps on for the Androids. Also, you just search on amazon.com. If they search neon Tiki tribe, they'll, they'll come up. But one other really neat place where we have just been accepted all 13 of our books, and then six of those 13 are actually in Spanish, too. So we have 19 books, and they've been accepted into Overdrive. And I, I don't okay. know if you know what Overdrive is, but Overdrive is the electronic books of the library. So what's happening is many of today's books, because things are going towards the electronic side, um, a lot of the books that you would go in the library and check out, now kids can actually check out as the now let me say this overdrive has all 19 books already loaded mm-hmm. Any library in the world 30,000 libraries right now presently could access neon tiki tribe and bring this series into their into their um uh, libraries well as they start to be, bring those into the libraries by the way the indianapolis library already has some of them there um so they're the first to kind of download them but as they spread it's either still free to kids if they haven't if a, as long as they have a library card mm-hmm. they can check the book out electronically download it on their tablet and keep it anywhere from seven to 14 days, and then it just vanishes. It goes away from their tablet. So they don't even have to return it. You don't even have to go back to the bookstore, I mean, to the uh, library and return it. Uh, it's a really good. cool system, yeah. Um, so, so, so they're not that too. That, well, that's, that's great. So now you just have to let the libraries know to uh, sort of incorporate them into their little kids' corners or, and, and yes. to get them out there. Yes. So, uh, do you guys see? Uh, are, are you ready to scale? I guess because you know something like this, if it does right, which it sounds like it does, once yes. it hits something like that with the libraries and the kids, like it can go wild, man. I mean, you guys could be like, you know, moving a hundred miles an hour. Well, the cool thing about electronic is it can spread really fast. Even we we don't even have to do much to do it, and they, they yeah. can actually spread and then put it in. You know, I believe there's seventeen thousand libraries in the U.S., but they can spread into those libraries overnight, so, which is a good thing. Um, now, on the print side of the things, we've been pursuing uh, a publisher here in America. We've been pursuing, uh, and, and to get to them, you have to have a literary agent. Oh mm. my gosh, Keith, we have. At least three years. I've sent over 200 query letters out to, to agents. And I have to tell you, um, we're, we're really tired of waiting. So what my business partner and I just started was because, by the way, we have all the, all the files are ready to go to print today. Okay. So we, we uh, you know, we, we were trying for the hardest time to get this done in America, right? Uh, but we found a way to possibly make it happen by printing them in China. And we went, oh, you know, we realize there's a lot of things uh, that are that are produced in China. Uh, sure. A lot of quality products there are. But, um, you know, 
every ounce of our being in a sense wants to have it made here but but the numbers for us were we we're not working you got to have the money to print and then to warehouse um you're starting to talk with 13 books when you start running yeah that's a lot that's a lot yeah yeah just 1000 is 13000 books yeah so so anyway long story short um we we're actually going to have books late this year uh probably our first print run will come from china uh as to whether or not we can uh you know bring them back to america as we get up and moving that that's mm-hmm. a possibility you know very neat okay so so i've got a, a little note here that says that you guys pulled a couple patents together to put in these books what are the, what is what is that about Oh yeah. Well, we have, this is the only superhero series ever in history to include a patented font that has been proven to help dyslexic kids read faster and make fewer mistakes. Okay. So how does, how does a, how does a font help dyslexic readers? Oh, it's awesome. What this guy did, the guy that created his name is Christian Bohr and he's in the Netherlands. That's one of the reasons why we, we did the the, uh, Dutch uh, um, apps also. But, Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, what he did was he, he really designed it like an engineer would, would build these letters. So every single letter. Now, unless I pointed the differences out to you, if you were just looking at the book, if you just grabbed any one of our books and you popped them in your hands, just started looking at them, you, you probably wouldn't even notice any of these changes until I started to point them out. But to dyslexic children, some of these kids, oh, my gosh, um, it's transformed their life. But here's how he did it. A basic uh, statement would be the most uh, the bottoms of, of all the letters are heavy with ink on the bottom, but normal ink print on the top. So they look bottom heavy. Because one of the yeah. things that happens for, and I'm not dyslexic, by the way, but uh, is letters will float or flip. They'll start to float on the page. Mm-hmm. And so this tends to bring them back down. They look heavy on the bottom, so they fall back in place. The second thing is, if you took a B and a D, they're the exact same letter if you flip it front to back. Right, right. Letters, except the uh, direction same bit. Well, what he did was, inside the circle of the B... Up on the top right side, he put a little flat spot. He just flattened it out on the top right side of the B. Well, on the D, he did the exact same thing, only put it on the bottom of the D. So if you flip the D over in the B, if you try to make them look the same, you right. can't. They're actually there are every single letter is actually engineered so it can't look like another letter. Oh, and, that's good. So the brain will see it and then it'll know even if it's out of place that it's not in place. Absolutely. And, and now, by the way, nothing works for everyone who's dyslexic. There's not, there's, there's no, nothing, even as font doesn't work for every single person that's dyslexic. But if you see the testimonials we have from parents personally, I personally know parents that have said, Oh my gosh, my third grader was struggling so bad in school. And they, what happens is their, their self-esteem's low. They feel stupid because their friends can read and they can't. Right. And, their brain just, and they're intelligent kids, but their brain pos- processes it just differently. Well, these kids now, um, once they saw the book, they, they could actually read straight through the book with no hesitation whatsoever. So what it gave them was huge confidence. They said, Mom, I'm not stupid. I can read. So right. then because of it, those parents are able to get their kids help because they realize they are dyslexic. Because um, some, some kids n- don't get diagnosed some never, but yeah, some they don't are, even know. Yeah, they don't realize right. it's a problem. Exactly. It's a thing. Yeah. Yep. 
yep. So that that uh, and the font is called dyslexy. Instead of the word dyslexia with an A that ends in an A, this word ends in, e, in an E, dyslexy. Uh, so it's uh, exact same spelling. Ex- instead of having the A on the end of it, it's an, it's an E. It's called dyslexifont.com is the is the actual font. Um, so yeah, it's Very amazing. Cool. This so is the only added, it's, and it's and it's in. Is your book the only book that it's in? No, no, no. That book, that font. Uh, we we hope, and we're trying to help him spread the message with this font. We sure. hope every author in the world prints their book in dyslexia because there's there's no neg- there's no downside to it. And when you when you add this font to the book, you just include um, some of that twenty percent of the population that struggle to read. You instantly make it uh, uh, readable to them. So we hope it's in every book someday. But presently, right now, it's the only superhero series in the world, um, and it's um, it's one of very few books in the world that include this font. And I'll tell you who else we're in company with: Henry Winkler. The Fonz is dyslexic. The dyslexic. Fonz. Yep, the He's Fonz. still around, huh? <laughs> yeah, he is. And get this. He he has a series, a very successful series of um, – um, I'm trying to think of the name of it. But his series of books is you now starting to use that font, which we're glad. We, we, we applaud. You know, It's something that works. And so he's starting to add it to all of his books. Now, he has like 17 or 18 books in the uh, in the series. but uh, And it's all for kids. And it, and it was telling his story when he was a kid because he was dyslexic and he really struggled getting through school. Um, so it's kind of telling his episodes. It's a really neat series. Uh, um, oh, it's called Hank. Zipzer, Z-I-P-Z-E-R, Hank Zipzer. Very cool. But but yeah, so he's starting to use it too. So, okay, so I got to ask you, like, yep. what's next for you guys? Like, are you going to keep going with the tribe or you've got more characters in, in those heads of yours and in, in oh, other yes. stories? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, yes, we actually have about 12 or 13 other stories that will follow. But presently, we're do- we we don't want to create more content inst- until we launch this, mm-hmm. start to drive some sales and start to drive some uh, media awareness and start to drive this to the world because it'll then it'll generate uh, some money back where we can start to move forward and, and put our artists and illustrate our artists and writers on the next story. Which, by the way, the next one is uh, autistic kids can be heroes too. That's that's the next one in line. Very cool. um, yeah, we, we, we're going to do them on uh, dog bite safety. And um, another a powerful one is, you know, you know how ice cream trucks will come around the neighborhood for the kids. In the yeah. Evenings? I always tell my daughters, don't get in the white van. The candy's not that good. Well, number one, <laughs> that's, number, that's a great, a great uh, addition. And the second one is, is I, I know a lady who personally had her son was killed when he stepped away from the truck into traffic and got run Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. So what we want to do is kind of make parents aware that, yes, the ice cream truck's there. That's exciting. But you have, you got to remember, like, the little kids can grab grab the ice cream cone and run back across the street. Well, the traffic doesn't stop for an ice cream cone truck like they do a school bus. Right, so this lady right. would actually like to get something put in place for those kids that are um, – you know, around ice cream trucks, maybe, maybe the public needs to slow down around that or stop or something. We're not sure, but, um, yeah, that was a tragedy. Anyway. Cool. So, um, okay. So I got to say if, if anybody's interested or they want to find out more or they want to follow you guys and get the stories, where can we send them to? Um, neon tiki tribe.com is the website. That's a, that's a fantastic place. We also have a presence on Facebook. So, you know, facebook.com slash neon tiki. 
mm-hmm. or Twitter. We have a Twitter account, um, um, twitter.com slash neon tiki tribe. So we're, we're out there. There's ways you can reach us out there. Um, uh, so yeah, neon tiki tribe.com or they can, uh, email me. I'm not sure if you want me to put that out there, yeah, but that is entirely up to you. Well, if you want to share it, we will be more than happy to put it when we post the show. Absolutely. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, my email is initial J and then Greg G R E G Devlin D E V L I N at gmail dot com. Awesome. So, if for those that are out there right now, what's the best thing that they can do for you, whether they're fans or 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 just curious? Like, what's the what's the biggest thing that would help you guys right now? Uh, if they like what we're doing, is to help us spread the word. So, uh, probably the I'll tell you how they could help immediately. One is if they just went to their library and said, can you guys get the Neon Tiki Tribe in Overdrive? Because it's that simple. They could download it today. The librarian could. And, and by the way, these cost the library one, uh, less than a dollar a piece. So for they could for twelve dollars or less, they could have the entire Neon Tiki Tribe series digitally available for yeah. all the patrons in their library anywhere in the world. Yeah, very cool. Or you could be a really cool parent and just buy it for them and then take it to the library and let them know it's there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, um, So iTunes or Amazon, they can get the digital copies there. And soon, towards the end of this year, we'll start to have, we think the first uh, 500 copies are going to be available. And um, we have librarians and schools that are after them right now. So uh, we sure didn't want to become a publisher, but that's uh, kind of where we have to where you're headed, isn't it? (laughs) You don't have a choice. Right. Very neat. All right, we'll stick around for a minute. I'm going to get us out of here, and then uh, uh, we'll catch up as soon as I get done. So, sure, I'll hang, um, I'll hang out. And wait. All right, great. Well, I do want to thank you for coming on this afternoon, and uh, a really cool story, and and really good work, man. So I'm I'm happy for you guys. Thanks so much. We greatly appreciate it, Keith. Absolutely. All right, guys, you can find us at Picola Radio X on Twitter. You can find us at Picola BRX on Facebook, or you can find us on our website at businessradiox.com. And this has been Pensacola Business Radio, where business is good and your work matters. All right. Yes.